Welcome to podcast 206 from the Wiggly Sofa. I'm Heather from Wiggly Wigglers and I'm joined today by... Richard, occasionally of Wiggly Wigglers, uh, predominantly of Bugs and Beasties these days. Oh, very good, very mm. good plug. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose... Well, well, you want to say Heather from Wiggly yes. Wiggers, I suppose yeah. I need to say Richard of something or other. Yes. Certainly, yes. Richard of Found Hope. Richard of Found Hope, <laughs> yeah, Richard of the Hill. Yes, we'll Richard cut that out about <laughs> Bugs and Beasties. <laughs> How is it all going? It's, uh, it's going extremely well. What sort are you beastieing up? Inundated at the moment. I'm just finishing a few days at a local school, Stretton Suggers School, you know, not, not a million miles down the road, doing some, some willow barrows actually and some nice chestnut steps and some nice woven hazel hurdle fencing and things like that. But I've just started a big job at a local nursery doing all sorts of things, tunnels and boulder mountains and an outdoor classroom with a sedum roof and all those wonderful things that, that children love to um, be a part of. So, yeah, busy, busy, busy. Where is it? Do you want to give it a plug? Uh, it's if anyone's a, it's in that's the a four-ways nursery, in fact. Four-ways, which is near Bartonsham. You know Bartonsham Dairies? Yes. Uh, it's just by there. And it's very nice for me because it's all it's kind of local, so I don't have to get up ridiculously early in the morning to travel any great distances. I can just not set the alarm clock, in fact, and potter in, you know, after rush hour. Thank goodness he's not working in Wiggly Wiggler's office anymore. Here we are. Read okay. the first well, review here? out. Right, okay, I'm right, so reviews. pleased with this review, and this person no, just, is from um, Chepstow. Okay, okay, well, that's good. That's a good yeah. prompt, because invariably I end up reading out the wrong reviews. Yes. So, uh, it, and it starts but it's lovely having a review. Better than Countryfile. This podcast is much better than Countryfile or as I now call it, the Julia Bradbury Show. <laughs> okay. The team at Wigglers give a greater insight into what it's like to live and work in the country. From Farmer Phil's working view of a farmer's life, Heather on how to run a successful business in the country, Ricardo's insights into all things environmental, even if he and Phil don't always see things the same way, and what I call Rachel's Out and About podcasts, plus Monty's Face. I don't know, Monty's fact. <laughs> the arrow was in front of the T and the S. So I thought, well, I, put, I thought, that's an E. I thought, how can he see Monty's face from an audio broker? But anyway, there you are. So plus Monty's fact. Keep up the good work as the pictures you paint are much better than the boring goggle box. Well, that's right. And when that, the thing about radio, radio can hypnotise you to a far greater extent than, uh, than TV ever will. TV hypnotises you uh, to the extent where you just fall asleep. It's a good sleeping pill. But radio stimulates the mind. And the other thing is, Rich, we don't have to dress up for radio. Which so is just as, as well. You're uh, in especially your trunks, as well as, as well as and I'm in my swimming <laughs> costume today. Especially as well as Father <laughs> Phil's concerned. It's real dressing up. My bathing uh, suit. Is a, is a thing to behold. <laughs> Yeah, bathing suit. Yeah, I just I quite like the uh, I quite the little the, the polka dots on your uh, and your bikini bottom. Actually. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And do you like the as you, as, you, as you waddled into the kitchen to make tea earlier on? Oh, that's quite nice. And, and they're I so thought, fetching, just above the knee. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Michael's got his one-piece swimsuit on today. We sat behind the table. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, he's a long distance. And he's vaseline himself up because it's a bit chilly outside. Yes, well, he'll go in the pond later. <laughs> anyway, this week we have a tea time special. Right. We have Trumper's Tea, Claire Trumper coming in. Excellent. Do we have tea and tea cake? I don't know about that, but I have got some mince pies. Excellent. And as it's coming up to Christmas, we're going to have mistletoe facts dotted through the tea show. So Fabulous. here's the first one, Rich. Yes. The word mistletoe is of uncertain etymology. It may be related to German mist for dung. 
and tang for branch. Since mistletoe can be spread in the faeces of birds moving from tree to tree. That's a, possibly a slightly loose uh, guess at, at how the word came about, maybe. But it certainly does get spread about in birds' dung, birds' dropping even. I think birds don't have dung, do they? They have droppings. Feces. They have droppings, they have feces. <laughs> you know, cows have dung, horses have dung, birds, you know. Can you imagine a bird with a, a, the extent? I think dung uh, conjures up images of huge piles of, of, um, of, of, of manure. Seagulls have a lot of it. <laughs> they are full of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, it's listen, while we present. speak... Sat in the warm house because warm. Farmer Eating Phil warm. is not here. Yeah, yeah. And so, whilst we are trying <laughs> to reduce our carbon footprint, I did direct you, didn't I, Rich, to yeah. turn the heating on oh. whilst he's not about. Indeed, indeed. Oh, that's the door. That Somebody could be here. Claire here. from Jumpers Team. I go and say I'm not, to, yeah. I'm not connected to any wires or anything, so I go and see who this is. And this is uh, this is totally unrehearsed as well. So, uh, in fact, it is uh, a young woman. Who I imagine to be uh, Claire. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, From Trumpers Tea. Nice Morning, folks. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you, Hello, Richard. Hello, Richard. Thank you, Matthew, for coming. So here's Claire on the wiggly sofa. Nice to see you, Claire. Thanks, Heather. It's great to be here. Why is Trumpers Tea called Trumpers Tea? Well, strangely enough, Heather, that's an easy one to start with. I have a surname, which is Trumper. I so do. hence Trumper's tea. She's Excellent. trumped me again. It doesn't, it doesn't give you extra... Steady, sort of Richard. Extra flatulence. <laughs> no, <laughs> steady, Richard. No, there's no <laughs> health benefits within this tea any more than normal. <laughs> yeah. well, but believe me, it's caused a lot of... benefits of tea? Because I drink nice. tons of tea. In fact, I would certainly say it's my favourite drink. That's in, fantastic. In, in fact, there's a choice between alcohol or tea... I would. I like getting drunk, but I, I enjoy drinking copious amounts of tea. There's there's room for every beverage, isn't there? But this one <laughs> is. Um, I, I wouldn't like you to think that I was taking you off of beer or anything else like no, that. No. This is just an alternative during the day. Yeah. <laughs> Full of antioxidants. Very very healthy. That's it's going to keep thing, you bouncing around. Yes. So on balance, I mean, can you can you drink too much tea? Say for instance, if I drink, I mean, I possibly drink ten cups of tea a day. But I would say at least ten no. cups of tea a day. That's okay. No, you're absolutely fine. The caffeine is a little lower than it is in coffee. We still yeah. have caffeine in tea. There's no point in pretending there isn't. Yeah. And it will give you a bit of a buzz, a bit of a high if you drink too much. Right. Um, but you're, I've you're never fine. That. No, well, there you are then. Ten cups think... plus, I think, is yeah. probably for you. Okay. I don't think um, he has drunk too much. No. <laughs> and it's a great, you know, hydration. So keep drinking. It's, it's, it's almost as good as drinking water. For is you. it not diuretic, though, tea? Does it make you pee a little No. It does with some people, but very rarely. It's right. not something that you would say, drink a lot of tea and it will actually help you flush out your system. Right, right. Mistletoe facts. The appearance and nature of the fruit's content, vicin, is very similar to or suggestive of human semen. Excellent. And this has strengthened its pagan connection. Should we look at this? Yes. Should we look? Unfortunately, we've got a couple of, uh, couple of <laughs> choice little berries here. Let's right. try this. You tell me if, here we that, are, Claire. You tell me <laughs> if that's right. Now, if I squeeze this berry suggestively... Ooh. <laughs> What do you What do you guys think? Does that uh, Does that look like anything that Farmer Phil has produced in the past? Moving on. Well, yes, absolutely. I certainly would like to come. How would you know? <laughs> I'm just going 
going to say an inquiry, Richard. Been there. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> say nothing. I'm putting that in my yeah. pocket. It's good that you two are sat on the sofa together. Uh, according to the custom of Christmas cheer, any two people who meet under a hanging bunch of mistletoe or with a burst berry in front of them uh-huh. are obliged to kiss. Is that right? This custom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sweetheart, <laughs> my lucky day. This, this custom is of Scandinavian origin. Really? Right. Yeah. Are you Scandinavian? Uh, no, I'm not Scandinavian. No, no, no. no. Possibly slightly Germanic, but uh, no, not so But it, what's interesting about this, uh, this, this little berry is I'm, I'm wiggling them between my fingertips. It's very glutinous, isn't it? Which, is, which I suppose makes it ideal for, for the kind of sticking against the, a rough bark of, a, of an apple or. A, or a pear tree. Because and, how and does it spread then, Rich? Well, it spreads uh, either by uh, buying uh, twigs of mistletoe from the Wiggly Catalogue and, <laughs> exactly. and then squeezing it into the, the clefts of a tree. Are you all right? Or alternatively... <laughs> <laughs> and alternatively, um, <laughs> birds will feast on this stuff, of course, and, and the trees here in, in our county, in Herefordshire, are inundated with, with mistletoe. It's a most wonderful place to, for mistletoe to grow. Birds will scoff it and, uh, and poo it out. Or drop a the, berry? The, do the they tree. drop them? The berries do drop, certainly, but they tend to stay intact for a long time when they're attached to the tree. Isn't there an issue with shelf life, though? I don't think they store very well once they're picked, do they? They deteriorate quite quickly. What, as mistletoe like this? Uh, as mistletoe like that, but certainly the berries, because the they're, berries, they're sifted, they go really squishy and whatnot. Yeah, so. the berries are really iffy, but this mistletoe, uh, which we've picked on the... 9th of December will last well into the Christmas season. In fact, Billy is out there today picking our mistletoe with a choppy thing on top of a stick. Oh, wow. Does, yeah. he, get, does he get paid handsomely for that? Or is it, is it Certainly like a, not. <laughs> is that what he has to do for his Christmas dinner? So, back to the tea. Claire, tell us all about how the heck you've become a tea expert. <laughs> Well, I presume of, you are a tea expert. Well, I hope so, yes. I've, I've got my spoon, actually, here with my initials on it, which you only get initialed and given to you, presented to you in the trade, when you actually go through your trainees. So I've a fully-fledged um, tea buyer blender now. I started over 20 years ago with Tetley, a large company that you may have heard of, <laughs> and um, had the most fantastic training with them. And as um, an agricultural student, I thoroughly enjoyed the, um, well, it was just over a year of uh, travelling to different tea estates around the world that I had with them, which was a great opportunity to uh, join a company and see the world. I was down in London, just outside Ealing, Greenford, on the A40. As you drive down into London, you sometimes smell the tea. We Ah. used to have a factory outside of uh, Greenford, and we could actually smell the tea and coffee, Lion's Coffee as it was then, actually being brewed, so you could smell it as you drove into London. And we were based down there. And as I say, doing a lot of travelling, buying on forward contract, working with brokers, going out to the tea estates, working with the producers, with the farmers out there, and really learning from sort of literally from bush to cup, all the manufacture involved in between. And then back at Tetley, sort of obviously the buying and the tasting side. And as a trainee, you would be called out of your office to train with whichever buyer was tasting at the time. And uh, I would probably, for my first two years, do nothing but taste tea all day. Right. No biscuits, no dunking. Uh, oh, but I no. would taste it's about... <laughs> terrible, isn't it? <laughs> but I would taste about 1,000 to um, 1,200 cups of tea a day. 
Good work if you can get it. Absolutely right. Even <laughs> better if you can dunk your biscuits. <laughs> on a permanent tea break. Yes, yeah. totally. You know totally. What, what do you do? That's right. Yeah, that's right. What do you do for a tea break? Well, you know, if you guys you want to go off, <laughs> 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 have your, your tea break. So no, no. She goes off and does a permanent break. I'll do it. Best bit is the, the coffee that they yeah. produce about eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it's coffee break all of a sudden. Okay. Ah, yeah. Okay. And then right, uh, right. your gin and tonic at about six o'clock, <laughs> just to rinse your mouth. Yeah. And uh, make sure that your palate is clean mm, for the following day. Yeah, uh, very, out. very important. Yeah, very, very important. Did you have your taste buds yeah. tested then? When you're being interviewed, they do sort of look at you. They go out onto a counter and they sort of ask you, do you taste the difference between these three or four cups of tea? And you sort of try and have to describe in layman's terms what you see. Are you um, the Jilly Golden of tea? <laughs> I like to think so, oh, yeah. you know how it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, it is great, actually. By the time you've done your first year, you're blindfolded every day. And uh, for, <laughs> really? for a sort of, yeah, <laughs> to, well, once like a day, yeah. Yeah, sorry, not all day. Oh, once on the a day, tube. you'll go through a counter and you'll be blindfolded <laughs> oh. and you'll have to taste these different teas and work out which estate it comes from. So oh. which country initially, Gosh. beginning of the year, it's which country. And by the end of the year, they're looking for you to be able to tell which estate in that country it comes from. Did you ever guess? Oh, gosh, we had so many different counters. I I was hopeless to start with, but it's amazing how quickly your your palate changes. And I went back to Tetley last year, and I was still able to taste in the same way as I could, you know, sort of 20-odd years ago, wow. which is amazing. Yeah, Once yeah. you develop your palate, you know, it's there for life. Right. Presumably, teas are grown slightly different geography, so yes. can, you, can you associate very the, the much so. they're grown in a lowland yes. area or an upland area? Yeah, very much so. Altitude has a huge impact on the viscosity, on the thickness of the tea, right. and it gets a lot thinner as you go up the sort of hillsides, that up the mountainsides. Yeah, that very, very much Does so. Does that make it less tasty, then? No, sometimes actually it becomes more flavoursome because the, the bush grows a lot slower at high altitude um, where the air is thinner and probably a lot colder so it doesn't have such a sort of long growing period as it does down on the plains. Um, it only grows for short spurts during the day when the sun's out yeah. and so the actual taste is kept within the leaf and those leaves can be really tasty. Right then Claire, let's get down to the nitty gritty. What have you brought... Well, I've brought a selection of teas and herbal infusions for us today, and I've got a couple of teapots to make some tea for us to taste as if we were consumers. And then I've got some slurping and spitting for you to do in what I call ordinary tea buyer kit. Mm. So I'm going to make some teas up in various different ways, and also in our biodegradable tea bags. So I've got a whole range, so I'll, I'll get making, shall I? Pop kettle on, laugh. All right. Mistletoe fact. Mistletoe was often considered a pest that kills trees and devalues natural habitats. But recently, it was recognised as an ecological keystone species, an organism that has a disproportionately pervasive influence over its community. Good old Wikipedia. Excellent. What do you reckon that means, then? A broad array of animals depend on mistletoe for food, consuming the leaves, the young shoots transferring pollen between plants and dispersing the sticky seeds. 
Yeah, I'm just wondering the diversity of animals. You know, I mean, what do you what do you imagine could uh, feed on a, on a on a big clump of mistletoe uh, t- twenty foot in the air? A I mean, giraffe. I mean, oh, <laughs> a giraffe. You don't, you don't get those. You don't get them anymore in Arabic. Long time since I've seen one. I mean, a yeah. long yeah, I mean, <laughs> a few few birds and things like that. I, I think Wikipedia have been slightly. Uh, exuberant over there of uh, the descriptions of the uh, uh, being that, that mistletoe is. I mean, certainly birds love it, don't they? I mean, birds have red wings and, and field bears, and the thrush family certainly scoff mistletoe berries, but I think even they can have too much of a good thing. So, well, uh, I think it's because more than 240 species of birds nest in it. 240 species of birds. See, this is yeah. a bit Wikipedia-like. Is, I mean, we de- don't even have 240 species worldwide, of birds. Worldwide, I think. Oh, worldwide, yes. oh, possibly. Do you know, I've never, ever seen a bird's nest in a clump of mistletoe. Nor me, Rich. So I wonder who put I that hope in there isn't any. It's just it's busy it, chopping it down today. So, yeah, and, and mistletoe can be quite detrimental to the, the health of fruit trees. It literally kills trees. In fact, my friends were saying the other day, because we've had such wet seasons over the last few years... The mistletoe in their orchards has gone bananas and having to cut it out like bilio because it's, it's quite literally killing the trees. There's that much of it. Good Lord. Well, hello to Millie, who today is at the mistletoe auction at Tenbury Wells. Nick Champion's mistletoe auction and she is busy taking all the money. Fantastic. Lovely. Is she making much money, do you think? I reckon so. Apparently, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of buyers and thousands of sellers, but she gave me a really handy tip for attending the auction, which I shall be pleased to pass on worldwide. Excellent. And that is, if you buy it, get it in your truck straight away and lock it up. Right. Because there's a lot of iffy characters about that want to sell it again. Right, right. There you are. (laughs) Certainly not Nick Champion, but his, his clientele who bring the mistletoe are not necessarily of the quality of Billy. Right. Herefordshire, uh, Worcestershire and I think Shropshire are the main growing places of mistletoe yeah. and you don't get much. We've got a perfect uh, climate here, haven't we? I mean, this, uh, what this do they like? What does it like? World. I think, well, it, it just likes moisture, certainly. Uh, <laughs> we got and that. It, and it likes, it likes warmth and I suppose it likes that the prevailing conditions that the West Country offers, you know? Perfect. Back to tea. Has the kettle boiled, Claire? Kettle's just boiling. Time for tea. Looking forward to this bit? I am looking forward to this. I'm, I just, I'm looking across the table here and there's a, there's a sortie of clear jugs with sieves inside them. Uh, in fact, there's a proper name for those clear jugs with sieves inside them, isn't there? Is it teapot? Hey. <laughs> could, be, could be teapot, but I'm sure... That would be it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Possibly yeah. teapot. They've got uh, interesting... Bowden. Almost inverted funnels, though, rather than, uh, rather than the other way round. Um, these, right. these cups seem to mm. have little corrugated sides. Right, we're going to take you back to my trainee days. And I've got proper tea tasting kit here to start off with. Do you, uh, do you spit or swallow, Hev? <laughs> oh, I say. <laughs> right. As I say, proper Help tasting me. kit here. I'm starting the clock. That'll be edited. <laughs> yeah, good. Right, I've started the clock going. I've got six minute brew here. And I've also got double the normal amount of tea that most of us would use to make ordinary cups of tea. Is it um, crucial how long the kettle is boiled? For, you know, is it crucial to put boiling water on the tea? Because somebody told me in Bredardine, in a farmhouse, that if you used your boiling kettle, it burnt the tea. 
Right, okay. Well, that farmer was very correct in many ways. Now, to make a perfect cup of tea, well done, Fred. (laughs) You need freshly drawn water. That's the key. So, what we've got this morning freshly drawn water. Never use the dregs of water that's already been boiled in your kettle to use for your pot of tea Um, because the oxygen is gone. And it's the oxygen we need that actually gives the brightness and the real good appearance um, in your cup of tea. If If you take that out, um, you get a really dull, sort of lacklustre cup of tea, and some of the flavour disappears as well. Okay. So oxygen is really important in making a wow. tea. So freshly drawn boiling water. And then the tea for black tea, our normal sort of builder's tea, you were talking about Yorkshire tea earlier yeah, on. Yorkshire. It's hard to um, beat, isn't it, Yorkshire it tea? It is I mean, hard I, to beat. I, shop bought tea, that's got to be the best, doesn't it? It's the most fantastic blend. My granddad um, said Tetley's is the dust off the floor. Well, you see, the problem is with tea bags. We've no just... offense. No, 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 no. And Tetley's have given me a great start in life, so yeah. no, I'll defend them to the hilt yeah. when they need defending. But we all want quick brews, and we think that quick brews is colour. So as soon as we see colour appearing in a cup, we think that's it. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's, so, that's true. In fact, yeah, yeah you do tend to think you, you do tend to associate a, a good cup of tea. Yeah, with, 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 with colour. So we don't yeah. let it brew, and we don't let those flavours actually come out because it's the juices, the the chemicals, the oils, actually natural oils within the tea that we need time to actually infuse and come out into the cup. Right. And if you've got a tea bag, you're on a bit of a sort of bad start anyway, because the tea has been finely chopped to actually give you that large surface area to volume ratio, which basically means you'll get that colour coming out very, very quickly because all of the particles are surrounded by water very quickly. So the tea brews very, very quickly. We believe right. that. Right. Which is what oh, yeah, science, you see science yeah, on the yeah. sofa. Yeah. But they want that, you know, consumers want that very, very quickly. With large leaf you need to allow the tea a good three to four minutes to brew. The tea will only sort of give you that real depth of flavour if it's given time to brew. But going back to the tea bags a minute, the leaf is chopped very finely to give you that real quick infusion. But in doing so, the leaf is then exposed to the air and the oils, the natural oils within the leaf, actually start to evaporate. You can't help but do that. You can't seal that in. And so some of your flavour is lost already before it even gets to the consumer. My gran would never have tea bags. Right. And she always had loose leaf tea. But then again, my gran used to wash up with Daz. Right. She never moved on to fairy liquid, uh, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, there what we do you are. Do? Right. Yeah, perfect. That's, a, yeah. that's an interesting point you make there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing after close to my heart is, that, is the fact that loose... Uh, leaf tea should be uh, and is, is less expensive. We don't we don't buy it, and I and I think perhaps we we should. But I mean, what's a what's a quick and easy way of making a, a cup of tea as fast as you can make a cup of tea with a tea bag using loose leaf tea? Well, I've got here. I've got a couple of what I call gadget teapots, which have got the metal filter and plunger inside, right. which is very very convenient. It is like a cafetiere. It is exactly like a cafetiere. Won't the metal taint the tea? No, it doesn't. Metal's fine. It's uh, stainless steel and it stays as good as the day is long. It's absolutely fine. And these are fabulous because they're almost like a Pyrex glass. They look fabulous on your dinner table to serve tea after dinner you sell and, and pressure guests. I do actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. but, but, but I would say a big but here. Yeah. If you've got an ordinary teapot, all you need is a, is, um, a strainer. Okay. No one should ever sort of 
you know, fly away from drinking loose leaf tea thinking you need a gadget like this. No, you don't. No. But oh, yeah, they are coattulated. How much are they? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, no, that's not very good to the marketing, <laughs> is it? <laughs> let's, let's use it then. Can we yes. use it? We're going to use those in a minute. Oh, right. Can I just make these teas that I'm making sort of tea tasting of style for you first? Yeah, yeah. As you'll say, no, no milk in there, but the time is going to go uh, off anyway. Oh, you see? Yeah, as as if by magic, yeah, we'll yeah. stop that. Now, you noticed earlier a little serrated edge. That's to help me bend over the table here. So, so just to reiterate, how long, have the, how long has that tea been brewing? That's been brewing for six minutes. OK. Which oh. is what I would minutes, say double the amount of time, Richard, that Now, this is very cool. Now, so what you're doing with your cool sort of corrugated lip teacups tea with a lid there. on it is yeah. you've, you've inverted them uh, to, a, to a slant in a lovely little uh, white bowl. And the uh, the tea is dribbled into it, and you haven't spilt a speck on the table. Not yet. No, that's I very mean, nice of you to say. She has. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will yeah. ignore that. Now, you see, oh. if I invert that, which I would normally do, and get all the nice leaf out to show you the leaf, I will make a real mess of Heather's table. That's okay. So do it, babe. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Right. Here we totally go. Totally happy. Are you oh, sure? Okay. Yes. Yeah, get it on there. The can you read the tea leaves in the bottom of a cup? Can you? Can you? Uh, Do you know, I've never done that. No? So uh, I'm sure we can find someone that can. We could pretend. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could do it. Isn't just, that beautiful uh, cup? It, it is, I don't know. Uh, well, there's a real contrast here <laughs> yeah. in colours. I mean, we've got the end oh. that looks a bit like um, Bisto, which I would think is a, is a nice conventional cup of tea. I mean, that to me looks, looks lovely. The yeah. middle one looks like. Oh, Chicken God, broth. how are you going to say that then? It does look a bit like mm, pea, I suppose. Lovely, very yeah, nice. So that's, that's okay. yeah. and, the, uh, and the end one is a slightly... Um, Looks again, more normal. A lot of but yes, it's, um, it has a, 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 sort of a certain rustic charm about it, I guess, but not as dark as the, as the one that uh, we've got on our far right. So glad you can't see me here because I'm grimacing. Because that's right, right. It's, it's beautifully presented. I mean, yeah. you, you, you've yes. kind of, you turn the pots over now. All the all the tea leaves are, are just adorning the edge of the bowls. Oh, I can start to smell. They do look with a wonderful colour. Mm. It does look great. That's the picture nice. that's in front of us is something uh, that you imagine to be on the on the back of your uh, tea box, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's the perfect <laughs> thing. And you think, oh, wow, look at that. Which one have I got? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there we are. What I've got there is three different teas, just to sort of show you the uh, different range. I've got your English breakfast, which is I call your uh, your sort of builder's blend, really. Okay. Your everyday blend. And that's, that the, you that's, the lighter, that's the lighter of the two dark ones. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a lovely sort of deep red colour, really. Okay. We would normally grade that on a visual grading to start with. We would look at brightness and we would look at what we call depth of colour, right. the redness in the cup. The brightness, the sort of reflection, what does it look like? It's quite a, a nice bright day. It is in here. bright, you isn't can it? See so it doesn't, the sort to of me, that doesn't seem to it. Yeah, 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 it doesn't. The light isn't sort of absorbed like it is more towards the end one I here. Right. I'd say that was more like a blackboard, it's absorbing the light, okay. whereas that's more reflecting the light. I see. When you then taste it, you're looking for um, the thickness, the viscosity. Right. Well, should we taste some? Shall we taste some? Yeah, yeah. Let's, now let's I've only got one can... soup spoon in here with me, um, which is my spoon. Very rudely calling it a soup spoon. Yeah, Shall I get us one? Would you mind yeah. getting yeah. another very, couple very of spoons? That would be spoon. great, Heather. Yeah. And then I'm going to get so you move, both to taste, please, if you would. I'll give you a demonstration, as well, Or the dipping, because otherwise it'll end in tears and we'll be spilling it all over the place. No, I'm going to put you sort of a very attractive So we've got half a... Sorry about that. Do you want me to put that on the floor or are you all right? Yeah, I can do it. Now, the big trick here... 
when okay. you take a bit of tea like that in right. your spoon, not full. Right. Now you need to uh, take a sort of deep breath yeah. and do everything that your mum and your granny said never to do. Yeah. And slack in with as much air as possible, making okay. as much noise as possible. Okay. And that will throw the tea onto the back of your mouth and into the top of your throat yeah. where all your taste buds are. Right. And you'll start to get the flavours. Right. So here goes. And then you spit it out. Nice. So done. <laughs> yes, charming. I don't know. I haven't seen that for a long time. So there we go. Good competition with Brian and I in the pub. Sorry, I should have warned you about that last bit, shouldn't I? So. Oh, it's oh, 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 lovely. But it's. Yes, it's there we are. Oh, come on, who's going to go first? Well, that's Heather. Heather's, 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 Heather's going to have to go, go So this first. one. Yeah. So yeah. just remember, though, folks, that it is very, very strong. Can't, can't eat it, can't drink it. Though. You could, of course you could. Oh, exactly. What I'm trying to do is get the flavours to you. All right, so, okay. um, we, yeah, would, yeah. we would taste it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> 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 I must have dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. so I've done I must swallow. Complete chaos. <laughs> We've descended into this one here. an involuntary response to a... <laughs> goes in, can't go out. Right, oh, OK. So what was it? So, uh, so the well, taste experience, what do you think? It's zinged up all round left and right yeah. and right on the back of my head somewhere. Right. Great. Um, I've never tasted anything quite like quite it. Quite like it, OK. <laughs> well, as I say, a little bit and stronger. And it's dried my mouth up. Yes, it has. Now, we've got a blend here. Most English breakfasts are a blend of Kenyans. North Indians, Assams, and Sri Lankans. So your Kenyans do that, that, that sort of drying bit in your mouth, and they attribute to the brightness in the cup. Your Assams are almost if you've dropped a, a malted biscuit, a digestive biscuit in your cup, and you've disappeared at the bottom of the cup. Right. They're quite malty, and they add some thickness um, when you're actually tasting, but you won't see anything visually. And then your Salons just sort of mellow the whole thing out. So if you were to drink it that strong, you could actually drink it and survive. It wouldn't, you know, wouldn't yeah. sort of dry your that's mouth handy, out completely. That's handy, because I have drunk it. No, that's right. Mm. But it, it won't dry you out completely. Come on, Richard, you haven't... Come on, Richard. You haven't participated. Try and spit, I suggest. Yeah, try and spit. So I'm, I'm ladling this little, yeah. uh, little number out of the thing and uh, trying not to spit it anyway, as I do in the present. So let's uh, quickly slurp it in. Oh. <laughs> you drunk it! There's obviously a knack to uh, there's obviously a knack to it. You're not supposed to be yeah. Twelve hundred cups a day. There you are, you see. So shall we move rapidly you, on? You, uh, there's a, yeah, I can see why it takes a little while to uh, yeah, the hang of the, yeah. the art. Can you imagine? Mm. Did we uh, at Tetley, um, some of the larger companies um, didn't actually taste with milk. But Tetley, luckily, did taste with milk yeah. because we were trying to, to mirror, to mimic what most consumers would see every day. Most yes, well, I was going to ask about milk. that because yeah. it's all very well and fine, but yeah. I've never had tea like that. No, that's right. No, well, to, to me, you'll only get the real depth of flavour through without the milk because the ah. milk will actually not taint it, but uh, it will certainly put your mind in a different direction as to what sort of flavours are there. So do you drink your tea without milk? I drink black tea like that with milk because that's my preference. But when black I'm tasting as milk. a business, that, that's what I would call black tea. I see. Black tea as in the black leaf as opposed I to see. green leaf like this one here. Okay. 
Shall we go on to the next yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. We started yeah. talking about green leaf. Green teas have become very, very popular in the last couple of years, really. As soon as the larger brands started moving towards green tea and talking about all the health benefits that, okay. that you can uh, But attribute. does anyone like it? Well, no, I mean, you see... Good Lord. I mean, are there, yeah, I mean, are there any additional health benefits? From, yeah, from, 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 now you oh. see, green teas, because the fermentation process is stopped, to actually keep the leaf in its green leaf state... Right. The antioxidants are held within the leaf okay. and they're not released as quickly as they are when the leaf goes through full fermentation to, to produce a black tea. I see. So the green tea, it is no myth. There has been quite a lot of sort of scientific research done that the green leaf actually has higher antioxidant bodies than black leaf. Right. And they're really fantastic for your defence, for your immune system. Right. But green tea, sadly, very sadly, has a very bad reputation from a lot of people. And they like to think they'll buy and drink green tea because it's doing them good. Mm. But they don't actually enjoy it. But like you've just said, Heather. Yeah, it's horrible. Now, the trick is... Yeah, I, don't, I must oh, never oh. really, I've never enjoyed green tea. There is a trick. Hi. Because when you stop... Here we are. Let's have a look at this leaf here. When you stop the leaf turning into to black tea, as we've just been describing, yeah. the tannins actually get stuck on the outside of the leaf. Right. And it's the tannins that give you that bitterness and that drying in the mouth. Okay. And so what you have to do when you're making a, a, a pot of tea for yourself or a cup of tea yeah. is just take a pinch of green tea like this, put it into your pot, put it into your cup, pour the first lot of water on. This is where Fred would also be quite correct. Never use boiling hot water for green tea. Okay. Always use the, the kettle just before or after the boil. Right. So it's about sort of 70, top 70s, 80 okay. degrees Celsius. And then rinse the leaf. Give it a bit of a jiggle round, not very much water, but give the leaf a jiggle around and throw that water away. And then take the kettle again, pour your water on again and only use that infusion. Right. Because otherwise you'll have that bitterness that will come out well, in your cup every be. single time. Yeah. And if you don't that do worth that... you coming. Just for that, Heather. Just for That's that. Just, there you are. It's so enlightening, isn't so it? So it's so sad. So the mm. Chinese and the Japanese look at us over here thinking, what are you doing? Putting yeah. your green, well, green tea into well, tea well, bags well, and just drinking it straight off. Yeah, quite. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, let's, let's so it. have a taste of this. So obviously this hasn't been rinsed, so there will be some drying characteristics okay. there. Okay. But you can get rid of that when you are a normal consumer. Right. So this again is... Um, is I haven't put six can grams into this. But yeah, it was, sure. It was, quite, it was good to... It was quite yeah. interesting are you ready now? Here we go. <laughs> Good Lord. You do it in casual is. fashion. Do, you? Yeah, I can do yeah, that yeah, and yeah, sort of carry on almost it's, talking. Yeah. It's great. But try that. The last bit. I'm trying not to. Yeah, because it could get very messy. So I'm going to pass that one towards you. In fact, I could probably get good money. Yes, it's a shame. Sorry, get the bucket ready. There we are. Because it's important now to spit, isn't it? Now, I'm hoping when you... Perhaps keep it in your mouth for a little while before okay. you spit it out, and hopefully you'll get some lovely flavours in that. <laughs> Without laughing. That's there are the, some better flavours that perhaps you wouldn't have tasted Ooh, in summer green well, teas that, before. That's good. Nice bit of saliva there as well. Isn't there? Like well, bubbles. grass. It, yeah, it is. It is very green, very sort of juicy, very... Um, grass. Grass, yeah. It, it, well, I suppose it's a green tea product, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it is yeah. that yeah. sort of raw yeah. green so, so, plant yeah. material. It reminds me of the moment I drank wheatgrass. Oh no, it's not as horrible as that. <laughs> well, I don't think it is. Gosh, I love the first that one. That really is. Yeah, uh, okay, well, yeah good. You like the first yeah. one? Let me just try. Oh, let me just try yeah. with okay. this crazy stuff then. Good. Just to, uh, just but to if it's doing you good, 
I mean, yeah. that is bearable. But just <laughs> make sure this is too too strong and for you. spit. That's it. Perfect this time. I've tasted worse. Brilliant. No, I, say. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's a positive. <laughs> that's almost positive. It's not. It doesn't. It, it doesn't have that depth of flavour though. It's no. not a comfort drink, is it? Oh gosh, no. No. It's no, more no. a kind of. Uh, no. You know, you do it because you you kind of you're either very thirsty or purely yeah. because you, you want you to. want to you try and make yourself healthier off the back of it. I'm not a great herbal infusion lover. I have to admit, hands up now. I sort of joined the trade before all of the herbal infusions really hit the market and I'm afraid I've never had to really go into to huge detail with those until my sort of last few years in the trade but green tea I think is for me again we're saying it's all personal preference it's like wine it's like anything yeah, green yeah. tea to me is far more palatable than drinking a chamomile right, right. Um, it's, ah, it's yes, in, well. well now now <laughs> you started yes yeah chamomile is a walk over um, isn't it yeah, yeah, drink. yeah absolutely but um I think we'll make it later, you know, sort of after this great episode or whatever, but we'll, we'll make it later for you and, and rinse it, as I've just described, and I think you'll get some lovely flavours from it, especially when it's chilled. Beautiful in the summer, very, very refreshing. I can imagine, I do like iced tea, yeah. you know, yeah. especially Lipton's, but probably, probably because it's got loads of sugar in it. Right, uh, yes, <laughs> no, 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 that, that would so be what? a natural but, iced but, tea but, product, yeah, Richard. Yeah. No, in yeah. fact, you're probably right, I think yeah. something like that in the summertime. Very delicate, very very refreshing. Where's that from, Claire? It's from China. It's from the Sichuan province in China. And Um, have you been to each place that you get tea from? I have, yes. And is that the the delight, really? Is that why have you started this company? Well, it's a a bit of a mad one, really, isn't it? Competing against Tetlist, yeah. Oh God, it's a niche. I suppose it's a niche, though, isn't it? Again, it's like a bit like a Wigglers thing, you know. It's that you know, it's it's appealing to a to a a discerning tea drinking audience. Is is that it or? I I believe it is, and I think we are going to sort of really catch the revolution of the tea industry, and people are going back to loose-leaf tea. You know, the afternoon tea market is really taking off. You know, some of the larger cities and towns, you have to book. I believe even in Abergavenny, you have to book to get into the afternoon tea. Right. um, Which is absolutely fantastic. It is. You know, we have all these silly, crazy breakfast meetings. People are starting to move towards afternoon tea meetings ah. and sort of doing tea and, and sort of sandwiches and things for their staff. So it's more acceptable for men and women that have perhaps got childcare issues and things yeah. rather than breakfast meetings. Now, and, I, and that really is, I think, it's far more sociable. I yeah. really do. I have a good friend called Jonathan and he um, runs Tregosnan Estate. Ah, yes. And he grows... Tea he does. He does. Fantastic. And, and um, I, I love that mm. idea. But you know, you're buying this in from places all around the world. Yes. Why don't you grow it? Would that be practical? You know, is that is that the solution? It, it would be a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic project. If you've got a bit of land out there, Heather. I think um, Jonathan is fantastically lucky. Of course, tea is a camellia, camellia sinensis. So where Jonathan is down at Tregothnan, it's a fantastic climate for growing camellias. You know, they grow world-class <coughs> camellias in, in Cornwall. And my great-grandfather was actually a head gardener down at Tregothnan. Oh, wow. So he was a big... Uh, yeah, so there's a bit of, bit of history down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Been down to see the estate, and it's a real treasure to go and see. As you walk through that wonderful garden gate and then see a tea estate in front of you, it's quite something. It really is beautiful. But because it's um, that wonderful sort of microclimate down there, 
it's fine to grow. It's a little bit warmer than perhaps we have up here in Hereford sometimes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's damp but not torrential rain like we have on the sort of Welsh borders here. Yeah. And it's just that little bit protected and it's great for growing tea. Right, right. And the, the jats that he's brought over are all from uh, Darjeeling and from northern India. They're used to, to more rain than sort of some of the, the Kenyan or the Malawian crops that have to grow in very dry conditions. You know, you think of Africa at the moment... They, they didn't get their long all their short rains this year. So tea over in, in Kenya, Malawi, Tanzania, real shortage, you know, serious shortage of tea this year. And the, the auction is sort of showing that in the costs that we're having to pay. Yeah. It's, uh, so are it you is saying that if, we, if we, we couldn't rely on we tea grown in no. Europe, there'd be too much? Yeah, we grow so little tea, say yeah. down in Cornwall, he's got about seven, seven acres. You know, we're talking about vast, vast estates that we've got over in Kenya and Assam, and and we just couldn't match that. And I also think, from where I'm coming, let's stick to what we do best. I think it's great for Tregothnan. It's a fantastic project for, for Jonathan, and a superb product that he's got. It really is a very, very tasty tea. Oh, Yeah, really is a tasty tea, so well done, Jonathan. But I also think it's a great, great cash crop for some of the economies that have traditionally grown tea. How do you make sure that your trade is fair? Do you do that by visiting? Yes, I visited all the estates that I buy from. When I left Tetley, I I went more into development. So I first joined VSO and um, lived in a mud hut in Zimbabwe for a couple of years, working with farmers, going back to my agricultural roots, but really, really found a passion for working with communities, with farmers. And so then I wanted to do something more with tea and that sort of community relationship. So I moved into fair trade and and found uh, various different roles with not only with the big sort of companies like Cafe Direct, Tradecraft, Equal Exchange, but um, I've also worked for some of the larger sort of charities like Oxfam and government funded by DFID to actually work on projects alongside farmers overseas to look at their consistency of control, to look at their quality issues, to look and to make sure they still have food security alongside their cash crops, which is obviously hugely important to, um, to all of us. But for me, having worked alongside them, that is one of the key issues for me that they don't put this, their tea product, in front of food security for their own families. Mm. So I've lived and worked in these estates. I spent the last sort of seven years predominantly based in Africa, but then travelling around from there. And been very, very lucky to, to work for companies like Cafe Direct that have actually given me the opportunity to do that. What about, um, so what about environmental implications of, of tea growing, though? I mean, you, you mentioned tea being a great cash crop. Well, so is palm oil. But you know, palm, mm. palm, production of palm oil, of course, essentially rapes the ecosystems yeah, that, that it's grown in. So what about tea? We're very fortunate in, in places like uh, Kenya, I think, um, and also sort of the hillsides of somewhere like Darjeeling. Right. You couldn't grow those other crops, thank goodness. It's just too steep. You wouldn't get your... And any, any sort of... I mean, is habitat compromised because of the... Uh, no. The, in the, actual the, fact, I would say, where I've been um, in Uganda for example I worked on a project out in Uganda where the tea crop is actually used as a barrier around the national parks to actually stop the animals coming out from the national parks they won't come through tea it's a very dense crop so they don't want to walk through that and, and so then they then they don't, don't get come. The elephants whipping their tusks no. around the. Uh, so then the, they the don't. No, the that's right. Those, uh, those Absolutely tasty, not. Tasty tea leaves. No? And then they leave the sort of farming, the community lands alone oh. by sort of having that barrier of tea, that so strip that's a of wonderful tea. Wonderful natural barrier. It is. 
Yeah, it's absolutely superb. And then it allows the... I love Trumper's tea. (laughs) I've I've learned so much this morning. In fact, I can't really recall a morning where I've learned as much (laughs) in such a short space of time. That's very kind, Richard. Yeah, that's true, though. The third one. very kind. Are you going to try this last one? I think we should. This this one, it looks... It's got very, very deep red colour now. This is the red bush, the rooibos tea. Ladies' number one detective agency. Yeah. This is what um, she always drank when she was having a very tricky sort of... I don't know, investigation. <laughs> yeah, very tricky <laughs> morning like this, really. <laughs> yeah. Yes, an investigation that she, she yeah. couldn't uh, reach a conclusion on. So okay. she was always drinking this, putting right. the kettle on for this. Right. It's a natural grass. It it's look, not it actually... It gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's not actually a camellia plant. So yeah. it's a grass. Look it's a that. wild grass. Yeah. It's only grown Good in the nice. Cedarburg Mountains of South Africa. Right. And because it's a grass, it's naturally caffeine-free. And it's also, again, very, very high, rich in antioxidants, very similar to the green tea. It's got a very similar antioxidant level and the same useful um, sort of immunity-boosting antioxidants. It has a very different taste profile to your other teas that you've just come off of. Mm. She's Um, warning us. Yes, I am, because some people either love it or they will never go back again. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> let's see. Let's it's see. a little bit oaky, smoky, I think. Let's get it over to, and um, you've got to make sure that you you miss those loose here. tea leaves in there. So have a go, see, Heather. See what you think. See what you think. The, the mad, uh, Fantastic. Yeah. You're getting better with every slurp, Heather. <laughs> oh, perfect. That time. Love it. You like that. You've done it several times. Now you see. Fresh. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and you can drink that, that stronger, you see, than you some of these. What are you going to like? Let's keep talking over the top of there, yes. Now, now, what do you think? It is very different, isn't it? nice. Mm. I like that. Handmade. It is quite different, but yeah. it's really nice. Mm, I mm. do. It's got a real depth of flavour, but it's got a depth of flavour. It's not harsh. No. Because actually, if you look at that, it looks like it's been brewed That's for, right, for absolutely. every mm. day. Yeah. But, but the reality is that it's got quite subtle undertones. You yeah. want more of that, nice. don't Good. you? Good. Excellent. Yeah. <coughs> now, the South Africans have used rooibos for generations, and we're very slow to pick up on that again yeah. in this, this country. But and, uh, Does it contain the same kind of quantities of antioxidants that commercial tea does? Or? It, it, the same as the green, but same much, green. much higher than the black tea. Right. Much okay. Right. So it's um, and is it a lot more expensive? I mean, if you can no, you find this on the uh, on the shelves? No. And, uh... no, the likes of the big brands, the the Twinings and the the Tatley have all gone along. Okay. Then of course we've got Trumpers Tea that Heather's very yes. kindly Indeed. Ho- holding up Indeed. there. Trumpers Tea. Okay. All right. Well, now, now we, let me tell you. Tasters. Okay. Now this this is a there's how much? So there's 125 grams in that pouch, right? Yeah. And how many cups of tea would that make? Oh, there's a good 50 in that. 50, 50 plus. Cups of tea. And how yeah. much would uh, somebody have to pay? To get that through the post, that would be four pound fifty, and that refill like four that. Four pound fifty. Yeah. So that's actually not too bad at all, not is at all. it? No, no, not at so all. It's a, well it's a done, wonderful Rich. treat. Yeah, you see how yeah. it did that. Thank yeah. you very yeah, much. It was a good, 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 yeah, good, good plug there. Treat, Thank you, Trumpers good... Tea. There, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just give Can me I... the, the the. I've got. I need the picture in my mind of your place. <laughs> so have you got like a big? I'm not sure you do actually. With a tap on the bottom, and then you sort of put them into little bags, or. Well, no, I've, I hate to say this, having come from Tetley with the big machinery and everything, I've gone back to floor blending, which is what we stopped over sort of 15 years ago in the tea industry because of all the dust. But I'm only blending very, very small quantities. I've come back to Hereford. I've taken over my parents' house 
and I've put a new blending floor in their attic. What's um, a blending floor? It's a wooden floor, but we've got to make sure that it's got a surface on it that when I use my shovel, that I don't get any chippings or anything in that. So it's got a special laminate. Splinters. splinters. You wouldn't <laughs> want splinters in your rooibos, would you? No. So um, I actually put a cover down when I'm blending, and then I go around and I'm weighing out my kilos of tea, and I only do small batches at a time. Right. Because, again, with large leaves... Do you do Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, madly I do. That's quite nice, though, isn't yeah. it? I mean, working, working like, yes. by I'm yourself is quite, quite a lovely thing. My, my parents and my friends, if I, didn't have, uh, if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be alive and kicking now. Right. My father does all the labelling that you can see here. Okay. So that's okay. down in his study. Right. And my mum helps me with all the packaging, and she's absolutely fantastic with a heat sealer. <laughs> um, a bit <laughs> well random done, at times but she's brilliant but with a large leaf like that you really wouldn't want to blend more than sort of four kilos at a time because when I'm blending um, you could actually damage the leaf so I need to be very careful that I'm that I'm only blending small quantities at a time and so yes I'm very um, I'm I'm let loose and making up my own blends um, using my own experience using what comes in obviously Throughout the year, we will get changes in, in taste profile of these different teas. Yeah. The rains, if there's a dry patch like in Kenya at the moment, the leaves are going into banji, they're actually stopping growing, right. and that again gives it a different characteristic. Okay. And so I have to blend to keep a consistent blend throughout the year so that you don't say, oi, 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 what's Trumper's tea done this time? Yeah. So I taste my different individual teas and then say, right, this is the recipe that I need to make to actually get that particular blend tasting the same week after week. Do sacks of tea come in in like hessian bags from... Yes, what does it look I like? would say sadly, because when I first started, it was all tea chests. Oh, And yes. of course, in, well, I say wow. sadly, only from my passion of what it used to look like. Yeah. But of course, environmentally, that would be impossible nowadays. Yeah. So we come in paper well. sacks, yeah, of course. But paper sacks with foil lining to keep it nice and fresh. Right. Um, they're all slip sheeted, so we can put sort of pallets of tea together very quickly, very easily, and they're shipped over. So again, very low carbon footprints. Yeah. Um, environmentally, it really doesn't have a huge impact coming over here because everything, as I say, is shipped. Yeah. Very, very little tea is air freighted because it, it just isn't cost effective for one thing, let alone environmentally. Sure. Um, I'm good. persuading her. Good. To supply Wigglies with kilo sacks. Well, I was thinking about this because uh, wouldn't these make a great addition to the the, uh, the the Wiggly Christmas hamper as well? You know, absolutely. For, I mean, but, supposed to be a bit late this year, but yeah, certainly, certainly for I think so, future uh, consecutive I said Christmases. To Claire, you know, our customers they like they love things like this. What yeah. a fantastic story, and it's just so beautiful. Well, I think more importantly as well is, it's, is, 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 is it is genuinely uh, a very tasty uh, product, and, yeah. uh, and, and, and Thanks, ultimately it also what what is what is quite nice is it is Things like this are wonderful in their essence because it's somebody there, obviously, has made that little bit more effort with her life and got on with something that's kind of inspirational and is producing something that's particularly uh, endearing and tasty. So it's, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It is an inspiration, mm. I think. Now, dear listener, if you're that one person out there who said you didn't like tastings anymore, sorry about that, but it was <laughs> worth it, wasn't it? Because what a wonderful <clears throat> Wiggly podcast to yeah, have. fabulous. And I've just got one last mistletoe fact before we leave. The common name for mistletoe is derived from the berries eaten by birds, usually the mistle thrush. The sticky juice of mistletoe berries was used as an adhesive to trap small animals or birds. 
Right. A handful of ripe fruits are chewed until sticky and then the mass is rubbed between the palms of the hand to form a long, extremely sticky strand which is then coiled round thin tree branches where birds perch. When a bird lands on it, it gets stuck to the branch and then is easy to catch by hand. Yeah, good lord. <laughs> but more importantly, what I was going to say is I, Sarah's grandfather used to use that particular type of glue to catch goldfinches. Because, of course, years ago, several decades ago, I mean, how things have changed, fortunately, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he used, to, uh, he used to use that and, and catch goldfinches and sell them, and, which, looking back, is probably quite sad. But at the time, of course, people thought nothing of it. But it's possibly one of the reasons why goldfinch numbers <laughs> declined to the extent that they did. Fortunately, they're back now because instead of gluing them to their branches of trees, we feed them on Niger Sea. And on that note, Wiggly Wigglers has a special offer on Wiggly Finch Energy coming up. <laughs> Rockets! <laughs> <laughs> OK, so it's the longest ever, I think, Wiggly podcast, but I reckon it's one of the best. We haven't got a time for a Monty cast, so thanks, Monty, but not today, yet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave you from the Wiggly sofa. It's nearly Christmas, so I thought it was time for the three of us to start singing in the normal fashion. So here we go. Mistletoe and tea. <laughs> is it good? I have no idea. Da, 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 da. I have no idea. I thought you were going to say something, something simple like, you know, jingle bells or something. Yes. Oh, yes, well, that'd be fine. It's a new one. Jingle tea, jingle tea, jingle all the way. What fun it is to ride on a tea driven horse and reindeer sleigh. Very good. Anyway, thank you so much. Have a lovely Christmas from Claire. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for asking me. It's been a pleasure. Great tea. Completely enlightening. And Rich. Oh, we haven't mentioned your podcast. That'll be for next time. Next time. Next time. Uh, From Rich on the Wiggly Sofa and me, Heather on the Wiggly Sofa. Have a lovely Christmas. And in the meantime, if you want more Wiggly podcasts, go to www.wigglywigglers.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And if you could possibly take the time after you've listened to us for 200 and something hours, if you could just bother, compared to this freebie, to pop along and do a review, because I look weekly and I can't tell you how devastated I am if there isn't one. (laughs) So, you know, we're giving our best. We're giving the show. Give us a review, you miserable Scrooge, for God's sake. (laughs) Do you think that's going to (laughs) work? Bye. Bye. Happy Christmas. (laughs) Season of goodwill.